special cool episode with the instagram page politics made simply so it's me your host james mayan my trusty co-host matthew spires very happy to be here our new special guest and co-host for this episode sarah gray <laughs> of politics hey, yeah. Made simply. <laughs> yeah my name's sarah i do the politics made politics the politics page politics made simple unreal so yeah. sarah what we normally do is we we start the questions off really simply with uh What's your favourite piece of media from Northern Ireland or the North or whatever you want to call it, this part of the world? My favourite piece of media? Gosh. Uh, I have n- there's just too much. There's, <laughs> there's too much. Um, let me think. I, when I was on um, the top table on the Stephen Nolan show, um, oh. there was a great clip there and it was... Um, I'm pretty sure it was a, a young uh or he was obviously it was about the Irish on the on the signpost and it was between him and Jim Hollister and I mean it was the best thing I've ever seen in my you know <laughs> six years of watching politics um it was just showing somebody like young and passionate and they just didn't care about the ease they didn't care about the party they knew what they believed in and they stuck with that and it was great to see I think that was sort of the first point of mine I was like well it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't matter what you know you could be fighting for the complete opposite cause and it was just the way he was able to present himself was was brilliant yeah 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 absolutely it was a good one um it always sort of stuck with me anyway and like I say I think his name was Kevin um I always remember that and then I met him afterwards and I was just he was just passionate about what he believed in and it was it was great to see somebody I think that was the first time I sort of seen somebody so young um yeah. just not care you know what I mean before <laughs> you know they just didn't care um before obviously like older politicians and stuff you might have shied away or you might have been yeah. like a bit nervous to talk to them but oh he just said exactly what he thought and it was great I think that was the, a good start for me anyway yeah I think we did have a funny because uh what's it called the top table is it isn't it called or something like that yeah 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 so we had we were talking to i don't know if you know dermot hamill mm-hmm. yeah he's, heard he's from youth what you thought youth uh, voice whatever the name of it mm-hmm. is and he was on like two weeks ago he just like oh, ripped into peter unreal. weir and i thought that was pretty funny like he was just going out peter weir for, like, unreal <laughs> five <for> minutes <laughs> good i'd love to see that as well yeah yeah shout out to youth voice and uh, young dermot like he's a He's a guy who'll go far. He's a really interesting fellow. Yeah. Um, so, Sarah, I think we just really want to get to know you a wee bit and why you're doing politics made simply and what made you want to start it, uh, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, well, I started the page um, probably around November um, in 2019, so it was just over a year ago. And I started it, honestly, I started it because I was just sick of, like, all of my friends asking me, like, at different times, like, what was going on. It was like as easy as that. Like I would have like a couple of group chats and everyone would be like, it was the time Brexit was, or sorry, it was time Theresa May kept trying to put the deals through in Brexit. And everyone was like, what does that mean? Like nobody had any idea. Um, so then all of my friends kept asking me because I was studying politics at the, or I was just out of politics. Um, so I understood it and I knew about it. And I always 
you know, I always thought it was an interesting thing to know about. It was always going to get you somewhere. So I, instead of, you know, ranting to all my friends all the time, I thought I'll just do an Instagram for them all so they can all just look at the Instagram instead of, you know, because they didn't understand, but they didn't understand the news. But the way it was brought across, it was just um, confusing for anybody that didn't study it. And it would have been confusing for anybody. You know, I had friends studying engineering that didn't know what RHI stood for, you know, so it's just a completely different, a completely different way of knowing. Um, so after the RHI scandal and everything broke, I under, obviously I was following it like really, really intensely. And then I started sort of hearing in the background here on the side, <clears throat> people not knowing what had happened, you know, obviously the scandal had broke government had then collapsed and then it got to like the 365 days where people were in storming and they were getting paid for not going to their jobs and things which 100% I didn't agree with I didn't, thought it was ridiculous <laughs> you know if I could take three years off work I would as well but I I think I was just more frustrated at the fact that people didn't understand the why behind everything um they understood what they weren't like they just seen at a face value and they seen it as you know something just to get out of work where there actually was a bit of meaning behind it. Maybe not the best way to go about it, but there was meaning behind it. Um, so after that, I obviously, I started the politics page and I was completely shocked at, at actually how popular it was. Like I genuinely, I remember asking like three of my friends, like I've only asked three people and I was like, is this gonna make me look like a complete weirdo? Like, am I gonna look like so strange? And two of them said, yeah, two of them were honest and were like, yeah. I don't think that's going to do so well and then one of them that I actually did the politics class with was like um go for it like honestly if there's anyone to talk to people about it and just in a way that they understood then it would be you so I went for it and I think within like the first day there was a couple hundred people on the page and then within like the first month there was like maybe a thousand or a thousand like 1500 and then it just kept growing and growing um and yeah it just seemed like a it was a great place just for me to rant to be honest like it was it wasn't even somewhere that I wanted to I always wanted to educate people and I wanted to make sure that people knew the story behind the headlines I think that was the main thing you know it was a way that people could learn without feeling like they're learning if that makes sense yeah so yeah that was probably the main reason just so that my my friends would stop asking you know Get, other, get everybody involved yeah. but yeah definitely didn't expect it to go so far as it did yeah uh, so you said you were studying politics the... yes I studied politics actually in um so I went to St. Biases in Marfelt and I then went to the high school in Marfelt which would have been like the this the, it was literally just like the, the mixed school and the Protestant school down below us and it was they wanted it to be a mixed class because then obviously with politics it made the class 10 times better you know I think if we had did it in our own school it would have been horrific it would have just been so boring and so dull but when you're mixed with people that you're going to have to you know work with and talk with and people that you know just regular people um it made it the whole thing 10 times more exciting it really did and then I went up to the Belfast Met so I went up to Belfast right after I left school and I studied it. I, I studied a few different subjects. So I did um, in school, I had obviously studied Irish or sorry, I had studied British politics and I studied um, the history like, of like J.S. Mill and all them like 
philosophers and then I studied American politics and I went up to the Met and I studied the Doyle so I studied all of the Irish politics then up there just because I had no idea about it I literally it was embarrassing that I couldn't spell Taoiseach for so long like that's the back <laughs> like I just hadn't a clue um, so I found that was really really helpful and really interesting um, a lot of the time I always thought like it, it doesn't really concern us because they, they weren't that big of an impact in our past as well as the as much as the UK would have been but I think learning it and sort of I don't know maybe trying to get involved in it a bit more it, it under it understood that you know we were, we've got dual nationality um and we're probably one of the only people in the world that are grew into dual nationality and I think learning about both was really helpful to try and understand how to capture it you know yeah. as best as we can do you know like just to oh you go ahead James I was just going to say, Sarah, just expand on that point of uh, mixing with another school and all and learn mm-hmm. about the British and Irish governments. Uh, do you feel like being from here uh, forces you to be more political or more aware of the political institutions uh, from, 100%. you know, that help, help you know, yeah. make us from here, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Um, I think growing up the way we all have, you know, we all grew up post um, troubles. So our parents and our grandparents and stuff, they would have been more aligned to the parties that would have they thought would have represented them just because of a religion or just because of a, a group, a society, you know, a societal group. Um, and I think growing up now, um, nobody really talks about growing up with a chip on your shoulder. You know, people, some people grow into families where they're expected to follow the norm of this is for this and this is for that. Um, I think our generation is a lot better at differentiating what politicians actually do for us you know and going with the politicians that actually work for us um but it's really I think we're lucky to have grown up when we did um definitely 100 percent. yeah uh during your class that that kind of class you had where it was a mix of mm-hmm. Boston and Catholics was there much talk about like the difference or was there just kind of like an acceptance of like oh no we're just Kind of the same. Oh no, a hundred percent. That's what made it exciting. A hundred percent. You know, I I loved, like I say, I'm so glad that I was able to do that mixed class. Um, I think that, like I say, if it hadn't been mixed, it would have been so boring. You know, it would have yeah. been just this is what we think and this is all that really is. Whereas when I was, to be honest, I was just dropped in the day bent. I think um, I was the only one from my school going down. And there was a few others from, you know, the other like neighboring schools, but the conversation and the debates and stuff, and it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't what you would think of the, oh, the, the Protestants here, the Catholics here. It was, well, no, because I can see my counselors doing this, 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 and this, whereas your counselor isn't doing that, you know? So it, yeah. even here in the debates and probably one thing I learned as well is that you have to get out of that wee bubble. You know, if yeah. I had did that class in school, I would have been so oblivious to, Jim Alster <laughs> you know they don't talk about Jim Alster and some biases <laughs> we try not to talk about him either so it's all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if that was a gain or not but <laughs> um I, it just was a good way of getting you know it just it makes you realize that you know the other side of the community that are, aren't spoke about in your own school and in your yeah. own primary school and stuff they're not much different yeah. <laughs> you know they don't have four heads which is crazy to hear but they um they're the same and i think some people take a lot longer to learn that than others um, which is kind of sad do you think that that's because i remember listening to your pierce morgan 
like a podcast mm-hmm. and I was kind of thinking like as someone who really doesn't like Pierce Morgan mm-hmm. I, I thought you had a very fair take on him I thought you like kind of gave him the time of day you think that maybe that's where your ability to kind of mm-hmm. be fair to like someone who you maybe don't agree with completely kind of comes from your kind of schooling that, that you were given the chance yeah. to interact with people you didn't necessarily agree with a hundred percent you know yeah. I will watch Donald Trump rallies and yeah. you know, <laughs> I am completely anti everything Donald Trump stands for but I always thought and it was 100% right 100% something I learned in high was that you're never going to know what other what's going to come from the other side of the conversation until you have the yeah. conversations um mm-hmm. so I think it's just clever you know not clever but it's just common sense you know if you have the conversations and speak to somebody you're going to understand the way they're thinking so then in the future, when that conversation comes up again, you're going to say, oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you under, you actually do understand it. And, you know, you can build your own opinion on that. Yeah. Um, and like you say, 100%, Pierce Morgan is something that <laughs> he, you may not always agree with him. And you may think he's a bit mental sometimes. But even just reading his book and seeing what, like, what the way he thought made me think a wee bit differently. You know, yeah. so it, it all impacts you on your opinions, 100%. Yeah. So I was just wondering, Sarah, like, so obviously you've, you've talked a lot then of obviously about, you know, being able to read from viewpoints that, you know, you don't necessarily have as well. Mm-hmm. Is that the same sort of process you go into when you're making your post and deciding what topics to pick? Because you've, you've got quite a varied, um, mm-hmm. varied post covering a wide range of topics. So how, how do you go about picking them? Is it just what you're passionate about or just what's in the news or what's what's this theme really? Yeah, well, I do try. I, you know, I, it's it's hard to be, um, you know, not one sided all of the time. It, it definitely isn't. It? It's it's easy to admit that. You know, it's easy to sort of slide into what you're used to and what you believe, um, and focus on them issues a hundred percent. I find myself doing that when I was writing about the general election last year, um, last December. I definitely find myself struggling to find pros about the conservatives. And obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a big um, supporter of conservatism or not conservatism, but the conservative party at the minute. And I definitely, after writing the post and even reading back on it now, I can see myself sliding into sort of the, not left, left wing, but center left. Um, even in the way I speak or even in the way that I write. Um, and in terms of like choosing the posts, it's mostly yeah it's to be honest most of them just come to me it's like washing the dishes you know if you're thinking about something and I see you know the dogs outside I'm like god I wonder you know what dog trust is doing at the minute and if I see dogs trust is like being <laughs> rejected I'm like god <laughs> let's do a post on it <laughs> you know it's just gonna be completely random um a lot when I was in Belfast it was I was working up with um a charity like a chart like I was trying to raise money for different charity organizations in the south and that's when I sort of heard about um draft provision another thing that I'd never even it was embarrassing to my <laughs> to me that I had never heard of it to be fair we'd never grew up in the south so we never we'd never know but I had never heard of draft provision before in my life and then when I was working along um with some of the southern people then I realized that it was such a big deal down there and then I I wanted to do a post on it so it's just sort of Everything that influences you around you, hundred percent. Have you had many like cool experiences from the page? Do you think, kind of like real life cool experiences? Um, actually, yeah. One time, I, one time, I was, was I working? I can't remember. No, sorry, I was out. I was out the night before, 
and I woke up and my phone was just like blown up like I couldn't believe it and I, I didn't know what was happening I thought I had put something up from the night before I'm not gonna lie like I was I was just I couldn't look at it um and then I seen that Owen McDermott and Deary McGarry so they're the like the RTE presenters yeah. They had picked up on the page and they had been talking about it on the radio show. All right. Oh, so obviously, yeah, that was like blew my mind being hung over and like texting Owen McDermott at the same time. It was just it was a long morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was unreal. That was just, I couldn't believe that. I, don't, I just didn't know what to say. Like I was, they just thought it was so cool. And they, you know, they liked to, it was just before the Irish election as well. Yeah. So a lot of people um, wanted to come back. And that's the only reason I probably did uh, a post on the Irish election. Because again, I wouldn't, I know a lot about the Doyle now, but then I was just sort of guessing, you know. So I had to read up a lot about that and study that for almost a week before I wanted to put out a post on it. Yeah. But that was really cool. And I remember one night actually as well, I was again out and some this like people were coming up to me and obviously I was local you know everyone here like knows me from like I was second year and like going to like the wee nightclubs <laughs> and I was out and we were we were all just sitting chatting at the table and somebody came over and they were like oh are you Sarah Gray you do the, the the podcast like I love it and I was mortified like I mean <laughs> completely mortified all my friends took the piss out of me for about an hour <laughs> and then <laughs> we were sitting at a different table um, this wee boy walks up. We, I'm saying wee boy is probably older than me, but he walks up anyway. And he was like, Oh, you do the page, politics made simple. And all my friends were like, Oh, here we go. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I do. And he was like, I don't agree with anything you say. And I was like, What? <laughs> he was all like, No, like, I, I just don't agree. Like, I, I am against pretty much everything you put out. And I was like, Okay. I was like, Well, thanks. I was like, And he goes, No, but I'm loving it. Like, he was like, Keep going. <laughs> My friends like he just walked up to you and told you he hated what you read, but it was great. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So that was a weird one as well. <laughs> it was like a compliment, but a, <laughs> kind of a sore one. That's kind of good though. It means it means people who don't agree with you still are able to like enjoy it, which is pretty good. Like a hundred percent, and that's what I liked about it as well. Like I, I definitely appreciate. I'll never forget that point. These are made me remember um why you started it you know wanting yeah. everybody to get involved rather than just people that you you think want to hear what you have to say yeah that so was good we're interviewing a local celebrity matt this is how far <laughs> we've come so we're doing well here this is it, um <laughs> sir we ju i just really want to ask also as well why why instagram because when i think when people think of social media and politics twitter sort of jumps uh, to my <laughs> mind first and foremost but even from our own self-experience we've noticed that Instagram's a lot more active and people are more willing to discuss topics which mm -hmm. sort of goes against the grain of what you would or of how you would traditionally think of political media acting especially in social media. No you're absolutely right <clears throat> um I think the main thing was me for me was like I wanted to make it like quick you know I wanted to make it on Twitter of course you've got um if you want to hear someone's opinion on Twitter you see the you know the tweet and then you've got the thread underneath so you have to read through the whole thing and of course if you're interested in it you will you know if you're if you want to hear what they have to say you're, you're going to read it um but for me I wanted to sort of have the idea of you know the stories it was so convenient <laughs> stories is just I think it was the best thing ever um you literally just have to tap your finger and in 30 seconds you can learn what a t-shock is or in 30 seconds you can learn 
what Arlene Foster did that day or what Michelle O'Neill was doing that day. And you don't have to go looking for it. It's already there. And mm. then, of course, when you put out a post, if people love the, just the head and if people want to hear about it, then they're, they're going to just stop and flick through and give, give you a minute, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes. And I think that was sort of the more the way I wanted to go with it. Um, as well, I before I started doing the page, I had put up on my actual, like I, on my own Instagram, I had put up about the RPG. So it was about more about why Stormont had been collapsed and that it, it wasn't all what the media had wanted you to say and that the media is very, you know, the media chooses their words very carefully. So I put that on my own Instagram and all of my friends, like a lot of people that I knew and a lot of people that I didn't realize were interested in politics were like, I love this, like, keep going and obviously that took me a whole day to put out four pieces of four pieces of information like a whole day I had to like write my I had to get my daddy to tell me it was a good job I had to get everybody in my house to tell me yeah that looks good it took me like an hour to pick the colors um so just putting that up made me realize that like people do actually want to hear about it and making it easy to click through was sort of the most important thing you didn't have to go looking for it yeah which is a big thing how often do you think it, how long do you think it takes for you to do like a pudding in general? Um, probably about an hour and a half, maybe okay. two. And that's, that's a, when I know about it. Yeah. If I say, but the one with the doyle, I wanted to make sure that I had everything right. So I sort of was reading about it every evening in bed. And I was like, you know what I mean? Reading up about it before. Yeah. Um, but normally, normally about an hour and a half. It's, it's not too bad. Yeah. I used to be, worse like it used to take me like half a day and now it's it I mean the spell mistakes are still there you yeah. can't do anything about those but it's just I feel like people don't care you know as long as you you, you put out whatever you want to put out and people are happy to read it then yeah. that's the main thing. you always get the one grammar Nazi but I yeah. won't take that too seriously hopefully that's, that's just <laughs> You see it like 30 seconds after you post it and you're like oh my god yeah. <laughs> I, I what was it I think it was the one about the Senate. Um, literally, the title had autocorrected, and I just, I, I was like, no, let's stand like that. Let's <laughs> good like that. <laughs> That's the way I want it. Um, do you have kind of plans for the future as to what you want to kind of take forward? Uh, does do your plans for the future even involve the Instagram account? I think so. Um, of course, like I say, I'm meant to be in South Africa at the minute, so I'm meant to be living <laughs> in Cape Town. Um, oh love to be yeah I would have loved to have been more active about what I was doing over there yeah um so that's probably explains like how quiet I am at the minute um like my whole plan was to be posting about all the you know the activities and what we're doing and you know the main things over there the issues but I think I would love to still do that I would love to keep going um and when I'm over there obviously posting a lot with it and and raising awareness of that so yeah definitely that's probably the, the most short-term goal that's, that's pretty cool well is that yeah. in with like with like an organization you're doing the south africa thing or just in your own yeah well i'm going by myself but i'm joining some other volunteers over there so okay. i would be going over um i guess i was meant to go in september yeah september last year and i was to be fair it was only originally meant to be for three months and now you can go for a lot longer which is good so it's sort of like a like a good thing in the long run um yeah. i'll be going over with it's called projects abroad and we will be helping juveniles and women trying to get their cases back up and back up in court All right. Brilliant. we foster here so i've got a wee bit of experience <laughs> with 
um, what what do we say? Issues. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. But yeah, I've got a wee bit of experience with like dealing with um, younger children and like having the ability of chatting to them. You know, yeah. just it literally is just having a conversation. Um, so yeah, I think that will be my my next step, hopefully. No, that's a that's a great call to get stuck into. Like, I hope you eventually get to do that because I'll tell you what, I mentioned the travel as well because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I am sick of my mother nagging me around the house at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, Sir, I think that's all the questions we wanted to ask you. We're just wondering, do you have anything you want to ask us tonight? Or yeah, are you interested in what Beyond NI does? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I would love to know um, like your stance on the whole geonationality. Because obviously, like I said, I was reading through your page and stuff, and I'd love to know, like, is that something you're going to focus on? Or is that something that you, would, you wouldn't really be focusing on as much? I think I might, might give you a slightly different answer. But for me being from this part of the world. Um, and if you notice on our page, we, while we sometimes maybe say the north of Ireland or the north of Ireland, we normally try to refer to here as this part of the world because it's a shared place. And for me, from my background and experience, um, I take it very seriously that we have dual nationality here and we should be able to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're going to do any specific work on that because the part of Beyond NI is we're trying to move beyond the hyper analysis of national national nationality politics that so much happens around here we'd rather focus on left to right issues or women's mm-hmm. issues migrants that sort of thing but if it comes up in the news and we can talk about it in a way that doesn't invoke sectarianism or mm-hmm. invoke just debate about what religion you are yeah we'll, we'll definitely cover it mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way of doing it as well what about yeah. matthew what do you think yeah well I have both passports right now, so I don't, I don't think I can complain too much about, about, about being dual national. Uh, I think James is completely right. I think it's it's like an integral part of being from this part of the world that obviously you're allowed dual identity or dual, uh, dual uh, citizenship. And I think it's such an interesting topic, but I just think we're probably not the ones to talk about it in the sense that we are trying to do, we have like just a different goal in mind. I think it's something that should be, you know, looked at, but not by, by us. It's like kind of not really in our, it's not in our kind of view or like scale or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever we're trying to talk about, kind of just like, you know, as James said, social issues, economic issues, you know, just various other things, I guess, but Mm -hmm. maybe down the line at some point that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think? Like, what's the main thing you would like? If there was like one thing you could do, like anything at all with the page, like what would be like your one goal? Well, <laughs> um, the this, top secret, this... James, or <laughs> no? We can we can talk about it. Me and Matt are actually possibly looking into becoming political lobbyists. Um, we want to try mm-hmm. challenge and change policy here for the better, and really focus on issues that affect. Um, affect this part of the world in a real mm-hmm. substantial meaningful way so we we don't have anything in concrete right now of what we're going to be lobbying but there's issues such as loneliness uh, homelessness um, women's rights that we that we would like to focus on and really promote good policy efforts mm-hmm. uh, so you'll hopefully see with the podcast on the page we're going to be having more guests on uh, regardless of how they see the constitutional outlook of this of here 
we want to just highlight good policy initiatives, wherever that be from, you know, whoever. And that's what we're really pushing for is just highlighting to the public is once you take the smoke screen of green and orange away, there is actually some really decent policy work being laid out by politicians and grassroots organizations here that we would like to we would like to show everybody, you know, what's mm-hmm. our plans. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I love to hear that you're gonna do something with the you're just gonna to aim to do something with the homelessness. Like that is a huge thing that I think not so much the page, but personally, like I would love to see and I'd love to get involved if you deserve anything. I would <laughs> love to get involved. Like keep me down. Um I think it would be unreal. And I think that's a huge thing in, in you know, in Northern Ireland that maybe not, homelessness isn't always people without a home. You know, homelessness is poverty yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's unreal. And the fact you're going to like take stabbing stones for that, that's brave. <laughs> that's, you know, I'm clapping my, my, you know, tapping my back for, you know, putting out a podcast once a week. <laughs> Loving, <laughs> like getting there ready. Fair play. Absolutely. Yeah. I think oh it's, it's for us it's just like we just seem we, we just keep saying we're going to do something it just seems to happen so, so we're just like kind of riding the wave of it right now just yeah. kind of trying to keep or, it going best way to do it yeah absolutely yeah. best way to do it 100 um and what do you think like if you like, had one person that you would like if you're like anybody on the podcast who would it be oh wow that's a, that's a deadly one <laughs> Like, are you going to have, like, Trump on so you can absolutely grill him? Or are you going to have, like, Obama on so you can be like, I talked to Obama today, you know? That's... I, those are both good. We, oh, we sort of joked. Yeah, we sort of joked about it. What I really would like to have Bill Clinton on. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, the logic for it is because we're so focused on, you know, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear his experience about coming over here and coming yeah. to essentially... I know he came over when we were in, I think we had just started the ceasefire, but mm-hmm. I'd love for him to come over to essentially like what was a war-torn Western developed world and to see how, you know, he was able to help get that international support and break the deadline mm-hmm. or break the deadlock. Sorry, should I say if you know, what was happening here? Like, cause I, 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 find, I find the period from 95 to about 2005 mm-hmm. so fascinating because it, it's yeah. so much of the legacy is still here and mm-hmm. how we build on it is something I'm really interested in. So mm-hmm. Bill or Hillary, both of them, both of them, are not, <laughs> both of them They come as a pack. Yeah, it's a two oh, pack. Yeah. You're like both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep them separated. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that, yeah. I think I'm probably the same. Yeah, Bill Clinton, I think we've talked about so much. Just, just joke about it. it. Yeah, I'd say do it. Tax him. Yeah, tax him Tax on Instagram him. and Twitter. <laughs> exactly. He's probably got some Irish heritage. So just like, oh, no doubt. I'd oh, say yeah. email him. I'd why not? <laughs> email is email is PR team. The worst he can say is no. He's I mean, not doing anything else right now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> exactly right. It's not as if he's got loads of he's busy. He's no. loads of free time. <laughs> um, and you think he's will focus more so on, like you say, like. Northern Ireland are getting past that like green and orange um doing that would you relate it a lot more to other countries or would you focus more on just the Northern Ar- on the Northern Ireland situation because I know obviously you could chat about um different countries <clears throat> that have had the same sort of well no country has been the same as Ireland or Northern Ireland but you could talk about conflict in other countries and how that relates to here as well um I think Matt do you mind if I take this one because I, yep. I have a good example for here uh, my Bar my weird obsession for politics here, I have an equally weird fascination with a country called Kosovo. 
which is located in between Serbia and Albania. And it, I went there last summer on an international program. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially if you took Northern Ireland and placed it in the middle of the Balkans. Um, mm-hmm. Just to give a quick story, um, Kosovo was part of Yugoslavia under Serbia's control, but the population is 90% Albanian. Mm-hmm. So it's the same sort of rift here of some part of it wants to remain in Serbia, some parts want to go back to being Albanian. Mm-hmm. And I went on this program and we were going to go to this um, town in the north called Mitrovica. Uh, Mitrovica is a Serbian enclave in Kosovo. Well, it is within the borders of Kosovo, but it's a Serbian town. So you're going through up the country and you're like, oh, Albanian flags, Albanian people. I'm pretty much in Albania. Then when you cross over the bridge, you're then in Serbian-controlled territory, essentially. Um, all the flags change from Albanian to Serbian. Um, there's murals uh, dedicating the war heroes that have died for the Serbian cause in Kosovo. Uh, it's essentially going from East Belfast to West Belfast. I've never felt more at home than being a thousand mm-hmm. miles away. It is, <laughs> it's, it's a place mm-hmm. I have a real deep connection to and a real deep love for. Um, if I was to do more international mm-hmm. work, yeah, I would love to see beyond NI do beyond Kosovo and bring more attention to that to that part of the world because I think um, both countries yeah. can really learn from each other on our peace building efforts and how we take that forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good way of seeing it as well. Like learning from learning from equally. Yeah, that's really interesting. Not gonna lie, I've never heard of that place. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard of this. Um, <laughs> But it's really interesting how how someone like a country so similar has went through something like you know the exact same, and we here haven't heard of it. You know, it's not really a normal yeah. or a natural thing for us to hear of. Yet they sort of had the same struggle, the, the same struggle of trying to make that middle ground. You know, yeah. and I think that's probably yeah. you you could probably relate that to a lot of things as well. You know, trying to make, get that middle ground of anything, um, and then sort of our generation just stuck in the middle yeah, <laughs> yeah just sort of trying to get the best out of what we can i think me and james have joked in that's the past that's a really interesting one i must look a, look a bit more at oh, that geez. because no go ahead oh sorry <laughs> uh I was just gonna say me and james have joked in the past that we used to think that like northern ireland was like 20 years behind the times ever everyone else you know we're so far behind but i think we've joked recently it seems like the whole world is just mm-hmm. catching up to us now it just seems mm-hmm. like everyone's finally at the same point yeah. of division that they were at. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Scary to even look at America. You just don't yeah. even look at that side. You take that <laughs> side of the map off. It's just, you couldn't look there. It's no. Not a chance. Um, but you're a hundred percent right. Everyone's catching up in our conflicts. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's unreal. I think it's class what you're going to do. Um, and I think the fact that you these are just neat. like you know you're just winging it like that's the best way to go for it and I think a lot of young people will appreciate it um a lot that's sort of what I find anyway is that you'll find young people do actually want to hear about it and they do actually want to get away from that you know you might yeah. be um I know myself I was sort of expecting people to be more one-sided and I was expecting people to sort of go to you know the natural place to sort of turn to but sort of after a year of doing the page you, you see that it's it's just not like that anymore um and it will be the i 100 believe it's the young people like our generation that will that will change that and we'll hopefully 
at some stage get away from that green and orange. Um, 100%. It's just bigger, bigger problems to worry about, I think. <laughs> you know, <laughs> bigger things to worry about, bigger fish to fry. Oh, yeah. That's just well, my idea, anyway. Regardless of uh, where this place goes constitutionally, whether that be the United Kingdom or United Ireland, we all have to live with each other. That's, yeah. uh, that's the final point, really. Oh, yeah. Bottom line. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not like the other, it's not like all Catholics have three heads and all Protestants have two arms, you know. I feel like it's ridiculous how people sort of have this idea in their head. And I say that from growing up in like, I grew up in like a really small town. Um, and you don't really leave, you know, 90% of the people in the small town are probably my cousin, you know, there's some relation somewhere. <laughs> so um, you need to get out of that, that small circle to sort of see that as well. I think yeah. that's so, so, so important um, is trying to break out of that, that surf bubble where people are so happy to stay in, you know, um, and it is, you can't really fault people for that either. You know, that's the way they want to do it and the way they want to, they live their lives or whatever, but as, as soon as you get out of that, you just realize how much time you would have wasted, you know, being annoyed at things you didn't understand. You know, be, I feel like that's what I, my main thing when I was thinking about the RHA, you know, obviously it was a scandal that happened. It's in the past. There's not much you can do about it now. You know, it's, it's done. The money is gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? People get so wound up about it and they make all these assumptions and make all these judgments with very little understanding of what actually happened and very little understanding of how to go forward. Um, and I keep going back to that just because it's just sort of something that I sort of use as some, I, after that point, I was like really proactive, um, not to, you know, hound and not to criticize and not to, you know, be nasty. <laughs> just, I feel like a lot of people were very quick to judge in a situation like that without learning. And I think that is the main thing, you know, teach everybody everything. And then you're going to sort of be able to make your own assumptions and, and go from there so important i think we have seen that i don't think our media necessarily helps yeah. i think our media loves just going back to things and just continually just digging things up i, I don't i wouldn't even have an issue with that if it was no. if they just were doing it for education's sake but sometimes it just seems like they don't have anything else to talk about so they just, they just do it again yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a certain uh, yeah, big show in the country which i will not name which seems to constantly whip up the flames for no reason <laughs> rather than simply, oh, I have a unionist on and I have a nationalist on. They both have opposite opinions. Let's fight it out. Mm-hmm. And I, that wouldn't be even stolen. Yeah. Would it, it? Yes, it's even stolen. <laughs> <would be> <laughs> what did you think about um, Stephen Nolan being with the young people? What did you think about that back in the lockdown? Ooh, um, I think it's, it's a smart move, I guess. From for his point of view, strategically, because mm-hmm. you need to make sure that young people, if mm-hmm. he wants to keep on getting the kind of audience he wants to get, he needs to be popular amongst young people. He needs to get the generation that isn't necessarily watching TV anymore and find a way for them to mm-hmm. engage with him. But I think it's just I mm-hmm. I think that it's a wee bit like uh what's, what's the word for it? Whenever you you do something disingenuously, uh, <laughs> I I think it's just like a it's a grab at. I don't think he cares like what young people think realistically especially whenever you listen to what he says you're just kind of there like this is just mm-hmm. another way for you to make a, a wee bit more attention for yourself but I'm very I, cynical I'm too cynical of a person mm-hmm. so maybe yeah. it's just uh, yeah I would slightly disagree yeah. on that there saying that he doesn't care about young people's opinions I would say that he is protecting his market share 
because if you look at yeah. um, how politics is reported here, and especially up in Stormont, it's Nolan that almost has a monopoly on the reporting process. Like it is insane yeah. how much coverage mm-hmm. he has. From you think about this, you can wake up mm-hmm. and you tune in at nine o'clock. Nolan's on, right? You're listening to Nolan. You're getting all what he has to say. Then you have lunchtime. William William Crawley will come on for a bit. You're still in the same sort of sphere of what's going on, right? So you're, then you're at work for the rest of the day. You go home, make your dinner. You might catch up on the news. You might be doing work with the kids. Next thing you know it, it's 10 o'clock. News is on. Once that's over, oh, would you look at that? Nolan has the show on again. Whether that be Top Table, mm-hmm. whether that be, you know, his, oh, I can't remember the name of his other show that he has on. But he is wall-to-wall there. You cannot escape from Nolan in this country when it comes to media uh-huh. coverage and politics. And I think with expanding into mm-hmm. the younger person's market, he is just building on that capital share of what he has. It's very smart, but yeah. I think there needs to be some sort of realistic challenge in how politics is done here by having another big media presenter. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he, he, he's the man of our time, you know? He's also a man of another time. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to try and, mm-hmm. he, he wants to associate with young people, but I don't think he actually functions along the lines of what young people want politics to be here. Like, I don't think he... He he presents mm-hmm. a version of politics that is in any way going to progress the current situation. It's it's just kind of a a continuation of like this kind of shouty mm-hmm. Piers Morgan style of interviewing, which um, I'm sure mm-hmm. there there was a time where I understand where that was necessary because you have Paxman and Paxman also shouted at people quite a lot and did the whole I'm going to ask you the question eleven times until you mm-hmm. answer it. But I don't think that's the I don't think for one thing it's actually creating a good environment. In an, in an atmosphere that's already divided like whenever you do that yeah. in, a, in an already divisive atmosphere you're kind of just making things worse I, I feel yeah yeah no definitely I get that um I don't know I think he he's 100% using the media like like exactly what you say he's just he's trying his hardest to be at every platform and be in every everywhere you look he's there um and even yeah. if you don't like him you're still talking about him that's <laughs> exactly yeah. that's exactly it and I think what he's doing with a lot of the young people may be actually more detrimental than positive. Again, he's keeping his numbers high. You know, even when yeah. you don't like him, you have to listen to him because he's there all the time. But in terms of support, I'm not too sure if the young people would actually come out in support of him. Um, now, I do know, obviously, he's running the top table. And I think that's like brilliant. And it's a great idea on paper. It's, like, it's an unbelievable idea, yeah. you, know, you know, thinking about young people having the opportunity of talking to the actual politicians directly and the likes of the health minister and the education minister. Um, yeah. That's what you need. You know, you, that, that platform's unreal. But after like seeing things like him going out into like the likes of the Holy Lands during the lockdown and, you know, talking to the students after a few drinks, I think that was like, for me anyway, that was a turning point. I mean, I have to listen to him because he's there. But there's just no respect, no. you know. That was just you again. You understood why, and you knew why he was doing that. But for him then to come out maybe a month later or a month and a half later, you're going to always have that in the back of your head. You're always going to be thinking that mom was out talking to drunk 17, 18, 19 year olds, and that's the only thing he had to do with his Thursday evening, you know. And then to report on it, and I don't know. I think his actions sometimes just go that bit far onto the line um, oh, and yeah. go a bit, a bit further than what they have to be. Um, and then obviously it's going to have the detriment of people just not respecting them. And then that's a lot, nobody will listen to you. They don't respect you. I think yeah. that's the, the bottom line of it. 
I think he's kind of stuck in that thing of he just wants to get the story. He wants to get a story and he wants to get it out. And kind mm-hmm. of the consequences of that are secondary to him. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I think there's no integrity in that. Yeah, 100%. He's... Interesting, like, interesting, but just yeah. not one that I <laughs> would see... look for an opinion. He's the embodiment to me of gotcha journalism, something that me and Matt are very, you know, inherently against. Like, yeah. for all our podcasts, we go our guests questions ahead of time because we want people to think about them. We want people to give yeah. us a good, educated, thoughtful answer. While mm-hmm. if you listen to his shows, it's very much like, oh, well, what about this? What about this? Trying to catch people mm-hmm. out, trying to get yeah. them to slip up. And it yeah. doesn't produce good, honest discussion in this part of the world where we're just coming through this horrible 30 year conflict, 20 years, 20, 20, 20 years on now, you know, we're almost, mm-hmm. you know, the conflict's almost going to be relegated to the past. We've spent more time in peace than in yeah. conflict, mm-hmm. but still it's just this constant trying to catch people out, which personally to me, I don't like. Some people might like and find that good journalism, mm-hmm. yeah. but for, for what we do, it, it goes against everything no, we stand for really. There's no way education to his content, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be exhausting to listen to, like you yeah. know, hearing that you know, hearing that bickering all the time. I think I don't know. Maybe we're just past it. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Maybe our generation is just a bit. They've missed the point. But that constant bickering at six o'clock on the, at the TV and that's that back and forth and getting nowhere. I don't know. Like some people just like even me. Like I'm 21. I just want to stand in them and tell them stop fighting. You know, they literally <laughs> they they sound like children. You know, fighting yeah. over a toy or something. Um, so I think as soon as that sort of generation of, like you say, that, you know, get them, um, journalism is just, it'll die out eventually. I think oh, people, cool. that people will get bored of it. I'd like to think people will just get bored of that constant, you know, noise and really is nothing else. Hope so. But, yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, have you got any other questions or anything else you'd like to know? Um, I, I don't really have anything, Mark, do you? Should we? Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I've asked all my questions. I think. <laughs> okay. Well, there we have it, everybody. Our first joint episode of Politics Made Simply with uh, Sarah Gray. That was awesome. I really, really enjoyed that. And Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk to, to talk to us. It, it really means a lot to us, and we'd love to have you on again sometime in the future. Of course, absolutely, absolutely loved it. This is probably my my first one. I was actually been on the podcast, so I'm loving it already. Learning lots of new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, go follow Politics Made Simply on Instagram. You probably already are. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> it's a great page. Very much influenced us. Um, also follow us as well. Beyond NI, you can get us on Twitter, Facebook. We're all over the place. Um, but please go subscribe to Sarah's page. It's fantastic, and it, it does a lot. Um, so yeah thank you for listening and uh, next week we will have on some very interesting guests talking about the constitutional side of this part of the world but without mentioning religion or your background and not mentioning culture it's all about lovely stats and figures and things that are worth discussing all right <laughs> see you next week <laughs>